What is going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communication profession. Told myself I was going to kind of mix that one up there a little bit, but uh, uh, I couldn't really think of anything. I mean, we've been what doing that intro for, gosh, months, if not going on a year now. So um, yeah, it just didn't seem right to kind of mix it up. You know what I mean? So, uh, today's guest, Matt Fenton, uh, I owe kind of a lot. He was one of the first ever people to actually follow the show on Twitter, um, Facebook, and things like that back when we were getting uh, 20, 30 people listening per episode. And then now, you know, I'll talk about it here in a second, but we're uh, grown to much more than that. So, I knew that I usually like to have those those people. I'm starting to kind of give back to them a little bit, um, having them on the show, those original, uh, I, I don't know, I want to say 50 people-ish that kind of came through, uh, really started giving us a, a really big following in places like Texas and New York and Ohio, um, so I wanted to have him on. Now, Matt was moving to another job at this time, so um, that I'm not going to say yet unless he's already announced it, and I going to be completely honest, Matt, haven't checked, but I do want to kind of keep your privacy a little bit, but uh, he, he was at Claremont Mud Scripts right now. It's a small D3 school in Southern California. Matt really likes to commit himself to the D3 experience, the athletes, um, the teams. He owns uh, his own little personal D3 Instagram account that we'll talk about here, and he'll kind of go through all the graphics, all the video work that he kind of looks for um, and kind of influences him. We'll also go through what it was like moving from sort of the east coast all the way out to the west coast. We'll also talk about exactly what is Claremont Mud Scripps. Well, it's um, a, a three different colleges with two mascots and one spirit. That's the uh, that's the motto. So um, it was nice to be able to finally talk to him. But before we get into today's episode, I want to get you guys' um, attention to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast, SoundCloud, or not SoundCloud, what, what is that called? Spotify. Spotify, we're not on SoundCloud anymore. Um, and then we're also on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, wherever you get your podcast. Just if you're new to the show, if you've been here for a while and haven't done so, head over to there and leave us a rating and a review. Um, we do have, I believe, 18 ratings on iTunes, all five-star, and then about six or seven reviews, and they're just a, a second or like a sentence, you know. Um, and just kind of telling uh, uh, everybody how much they enjoy the show, what it means to them, and things like that. So if you can go ahead and go do that, that'd be fantastic. Um, if not, you want to do it next week, that's perfectly fine. But I'm just saying, get it out of the way. You're going to feel a whole lot better after that. Um, and you can follow us anytime on social media at Sports Infocast on Twitter and Facebook. And email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Uh, got some special things coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's all going to be convention-related. Uh, next week, we do have Lori Bullig. I just got done talking to her today, actually. It was a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed that episode very, very much. Um, and then we also got one more thing to kind of add about convention, but I'm not really ready to say anything about that yet. Um, and I do get, I was going through my presentation last year, just, I don't, I don't know why, just to kind of see the stats and stuff. And last June, I wanted to share this with you guys. Last June, we had 1,800 plays. 1,800. 1,800. Uh, according to that, one, the, the SoundCloud stats that we were using at the time, and then two, basically, 
what I wrote down on that PowerPoint with John Rubin. So I was going through our current stats today. Over 21,000. We went from 1,800 to 21,000 in a year. That That's incredible. And I never in a million years thought that you know, this would become the way that it has been. And I can attribute that all to you guys. So uh, enough of me rambling. Again, I'm going to kind of keep tight-lipped about Costa. Well, we will have an, uh, a, a recap episode. You can bet uh, Sterling and I will hop on and do one of those. I'm also going to do the most millennial thing ever and try and vlog Cosida a little bit. Uh, I, uh, I got to be convinced a little bit, a little bit more to do that. But um, I did want some sort of video content out there. I wanted to get more people um, involved, and I think the best way to do that would be through video and, and things of that nature. So uh, anyway, guys, today, episode number 8080 of SID Cast with Matt Fenton of Claremont Mud Scripts Athenas and Stags and his very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. Yeah, so I got started in sports info uh, probably a little later than most people. So my first taste of sports info uh, probably came my senior year of college. Uh, I was playing baseball at Messiah College, where uh, I was, you know, my alma mater, and uh, I was in the sport management minor, and I needed a, an internship to graduate. So I, I kind of went to my AD, Jack Cole, and said, Jack, uh, I need an internship. Any ideas? I'm kind of running late here. Uh, and he says, oh, you need to get in contact with Steve King. Uh, he's our SID, you know, director of athletic communications, all that good stuff. You know, he'll, he'll set you up. We'll, we'll take care of you. So... I went over to Steve and, and did a really what I felt was a really minimal internship with Steve and uh, did a little video stuff, did some editing, um, really didn't get into too much of the nitty gritty, did a record book for men's soccer because uh, soccer was kind of king for us uh, back at Messiah with, you know, just a couple of national championships. Just but, a couple, uh, yeah. Yeah, just a couple, you know, 11 since 2000. And uh, we worked on some of those record books and put some of that stuff together. And, uh, you know, it was a fine internship. And that was kind of my first taste. And I was like, wow, you know, this is fun. You know, this is what he does for a living. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay. I, I always wanted to work in sports. Um, in college, I was a marketing major and did uh, an accounting and sport management minors. So I knew I kind of wanted to work in that, like, sports business side of things. Uh, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I always thought baseball front office, baseball ops, something like that. Um, and so having an internship was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. And then uh, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but probably about a year and a half later, uh, Steve gave me a call and said he's he's got an opening for a graduate assistant and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, and if I'm being honest, I didn't even know what uh, degree I was going to be getting. I just knew <laughs> that I was going to get uh exactly the experience that I wanted in working in college sports and working in athletics. And, you know, I can't say the rest is history because it's only been four years, but, uh, a couple of years later, I'm like, this is what I want to do, you know, at least for the next stretch of my life. So awesome. Uh, a couple of things just based, based off the things that you said. So wh- first of all, what was it about Messiah college? Yeah. So I looked at probably 10 schools. Both my parents had spent some time in uh, college admissions at one time or another. Mm. So they were all about the college admission process. And I was the oldest of three to go off to college. So I'm from uh, from central Pennsylvania. And we looked at probably 10 schools within two hours of home. And 
Uh, Masai just felt like home. So every time after we went to a school, we'd get in the car, and my parents had a little checklist of you know, different things and different uh-huh. attributes. And <laughs> the first question was always, uh, could you see yourself on that campus? And for me, it was a no-brainer. That was absolutely true. And yeah. so uh, you know, I went to Masai, loved it. Loved it there uh, so much that I went back as a grad assistant, and you know, just love everything about the school. And you know, I, I wasn't a baseball player until my junior year, um, so I knew the college from not being in athletics. And then walked onto the baseball team junior senior year and fell in love with college athletics and Division three athletics in particular. And you know, that's kind of taken me in my last couple of stops uh, at Karen and now out here at CMS. Uh, so. That's kind of a little bit of a different process for most people. You know, I, I went to college visits. I, I had a bunch just like you because uh, I was also I was a recruit in high school looking to do yeah. college athletics. So, But that's a little different. Uh, parents working at admissions, how did that kind of your experiences with that kind of differ from other maybe your friends or something like that? Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't work in admissions when I was actually looking for schools, but oh, they had okay. a little bit of a history. So yeah. they were very interested in this whole process and, they knew the schools in the area because they also went to school relatively close to home. Um, so, you know, it, I think it was a little different because we had a list and my dad knew exactly what my grades looked like and what admissions were looking for. And <laughs> we had the list of the stretch schools and the stretch plus schools. And here's a place I think you could probably get into. And there were different, uh, different attributes and rankings, but you know, it, it really boiled down to where I felt at home and, and that's what kind of worked out for me. And, uh, luckily for me, I went to a school that loved athletics and cared about it and was really good. So I got exposed to that uh, as a student and was able to do that, you know, as a grad assistant a couple of years later, which is uh, which I'm just super blessed to be able to to have that experience. Before we get to that grad assistant spot, you mm-hmm. spent you mentioned that it was a year and a half in between from when you graduated to when you took the GA spot. So what were you doing during that time? <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, I was an inside salesman. Um, calling for the corporate executive board. Um, so I, that, that's a, a bit of a longer story, but uh, I had a, an internship between my junior and senior year, and uh, it was a, for a company my, my dad used to work for back in the day and had some connections. So I, I got an internship down there in Washington, D.C., and I had a ball down there, so much fun, uh, hanging out with friends and, and exploring the city and all that stuff. And uh, at the end of the summer, they you know came forward and said, hey, we have a job offer for you. Um, all you gotta do is get your degree. So mm. I was signed up and, you know, I enjoyed what I was doing and all that. And it was a great experience. And so I, I walked into my senior year already with a job, uh, which was amazing. And, uh, <laughs> it took off all the pressure of senior year of, oh, I got to worry about what I need to do and get a job. And, you know, I still wanted to work in sports. So I was still sending some applications around and, and really looking at minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I, I was a baseball guy my whole life and thought that was kind of where I wanted to land. And uh, nothing really worked out. And so I, I went to the job in D.C. and I loved it. It was a great experience. Uh, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do from a professional standpoint. Um, I knew I wanted to get back into sports somehow uh, and make that work some way or another. And, you know, I, I looked around and I think I sent an open letter to, to all minor league baseball teams and said, hey, if you can provide housing and a, a stipend, I'm in. And uh, nobody really got back to me. So. <laughs> I applied to some other college athletic jobs and was talking to Steve, who was my mentor and still one of my best friends uh, to this day. And, you know, he said, hey, you know, what, what would you think about coming back to, to Grantham and coming back to Messiah? And I said, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, give me a week. Let me, like, figure it out and see if it's possible. And a week later he called and said, yeah, if you want it, it's your, your job. And 
So I, I came back and had a tremendous two years, and gosh, I, I can't thank uh, Steve enough for, for what he did for me and you know, gave me the opportunities and this, this opportunity and just ability to learn so many different things about what sports info is because uh, I walked in there and really had no idea. Mm-hmm. So you kind of mentioned that you worked a little bit with them as, as maybe an undergrad, maybe for your internship and stuff, and then you came back after a year and a half. Um, so what was kind of the difference between what the responsibilities uh, he gave you from when you were an undergrad versus when you were finally in grad school? Uh, they're pretty dramatic. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I was still figuring out what I wanted to do and, and how serious I was about a few different things when I was an undergrad. Uh, but coming back to grad school, I think being in an inside sales job and, and doing that for a year gave me a little bit more perspective on what I wanted to do and what I was caring about. Um, and so I came back to grad school and said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to work in. I love college athletics. Uh, I'm going to learn everything I can and just be a sponge. Um, and that's, you know, one thing I, I would say to anybody who wants to get into this industry is like, be a sponge. You know, don't, don't think that you need to worry about your hours or worry about what tasks you're given. Just take every task that you have. And Steve was great about that because he was not afraid to give me tasks that were probably a little bit of a stretch. Um, and trust me with those and say, Hey, do this. I mean, we joke about it all the time, but he would just send me an email and just say like, Hey, I sent you an email and no other context. <laughs> um, so whatever was on the email, like I got to figure it out. I got to go talk to coaches, whatever it was, uh, and make sure that I had that, uh, that didn't come right away. Obviously that took a little bit of time to build up and build that trust, but he very much, he knew what I wanted to do. And that was to be the head SID somewhere, uh, and gave me every opportunity to learn about it, explore and just, you know, get to know our coaches and get to know what everything looks like in the sports info office. Real quick, uh, when you first saw, right before, while you were at your next job, and we'll get to that here in a second, but what did you think when you saw an SID podcast? When I saw an SID podcast? Yeah, when you I saw this show. Was, oh, the show I thought was great. Yeah. Because you get to learn from everybody. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. What I love so much about this industry is that so it's so different from so many other jobs or careers uh, is that we can talk to each other and say, hey, what are you doing that's really cool because I really want to steal it. Uh, coaches don't uh-huh. do that because they can't do it. You know, if I went down the street and said to Pomona Pitzer, hey, Sam, you know, well, not Sam, but if I was a coach and said, hey, to our rival coach, you know, what's the deal? How, how do you run this drill? How does your offense look? You know, they'll be like, well, I'm going to hold that a little closer to the best. But as an SID, I'm like, take anything you want from me. I mean, we're catering to different groups. We're catering to different fan bases and different people. So I think it's the perfect outlet to, mm. you know, share information, share thoughts. I think it's the coolest thing ever. So I mentioned that because, uh, I, I, you're one of the original people to actually follow the show. Um, so, and I kind of mentioned that to you off air, but you did that at your next job and I'm going to really butcher it again. Is it Karen? Karen. Okay, so yeah, I kind of got it right. So can you kind of go through that whole uh, job interview process? I mean, where were you at with life at that time? Yeah, so I think it, it probably is easiest for me to take maybe a quick step back. So okay. when I finished up my grad assistantship, um, I was looking for looking for a full-time gig, and, and I knew that you know probably my, my grad assistantship was a two-year experience. And after year one, Steve, who's my, my friend and mentor and everything, uh-huh. he sat down and said, what, what's your dream job? And I said, and he said, a year from now, what's the dream job? And I said, the dream job is 
to be a head sports information director at a D3 school. And he's like, okay. Um, I said, that's what I want in a year. That's what my goal is. Um, and so I, I applied to a lot of gigs after my second year and got a couple of interviews and, you know, kind of did some of that stuff. Um, and I had some connection at Karen and got to meet some people. It's, you know, relatively similar background to Messiah, uh, as a relatively small Christian school and it, it fit a little bit. And there's a couple of Messiah people that were already there. So mm-hmm. I went through that application process and, and landed that job and I loved it for the year. Uh, small, small department. We only had 12 sports, uh, weren't that great athletically, uh, but met so many great people, so many great coaches, so many great student athletes. Uh, they're all really, really close friends of mine today. Um, and I, I think I, I was ready for the next challenge, mm-hmm. I, I guess, um, so to speak. And, you know, I wanted to, to look at a bigger time D3 operation and I probably had a short list of places that I was really interested in going and, uh, you know, CMS and, the, the Stags and Athenas were one of them out here, and uh, this job opened the day before COSADA last year, and I uh, ran into the hiring manager at COSADA last year and handed off my resume and introduced myself, and um, you know we had a chance to connect for probably about an hour later in the week and had sort of an initial interview process to get to know me a little bit, and then we had, we had a quick phone call to talk about you know what, what this job could look like, and then you know, I flew me out here and everything, and you know, for me, it was, this is a little bit of a stretch. Um, this was a lot of fun, and I learned a ton this year and had so many great opportunities to grow and learn. Um, it was very different from Karen in a lot of different ways, and that, that was okay because that was kind of what I was looking for was a place to stretch and grow myself. Um, we host a ton here. Um, I never thought I would see so many home events because uh, we got 22 sports in Southern California, so it's 80 degrees all the time, and Thanksgiving tournaments and Christmas tournaments and spring break, everybody's here and we hosted the national championships for men's and women's tennis. And it was a, it was a marathon for, for nine months or so, but, but it was okay. It was a great marathon. Uh, I got to learn so much. Yeah. So, um, you kind of mentioned that actually you mentioned this off air. I want to know how you kind of market this a little bit. So what is it? Three campuses, two mascots and one, what was it? One spirit or something like that. Three schools, two mascots, one spirit. Okay, yeah. So what was it like trying to kind of manage all of those kind of athletic departments? For those that don't know, CMS, Claremont, Mud Scripps is literally the names of three different colleges. So what was it like for you in Southern California, not only being at a D3 school, but a kind of a prestigious D3 school, and then also having to market three colleges with two nicknames? It's uh. It has its challenges. I, I won't lie about that. Um, I love having one mascot. It's the big, biggest difference in the world is having two logos and two different mascots versus having just one. Um, it's a big difference uh, because all of your graphics have to be flipped because they face different directions, the whole thing. Um, but we, we have a, a very interesting setup out here. Uh, so we're part of the Claremont Colleges to give just a little bit of background. Okay. Um, so there's five undergrad institutions here and there's two graduate schools um, so there's Claremont McKenna, Harvey Mudd, Scripps College that come together to form CMS, uh, Claremont Mudd Scripps. Uh, and then across the street is our bitter rivals, uh, Pomona College and Pitzer College that come together to form Pomona Pitzer. Um, okay. So they're all, you could walk five minutes down the road and pass all five colleges, um, which is really interesting. So our athletic facility here, Roberts Pavilion, 
uh, sits on the same block as Pomona Pitzer's athletic facility, the Rain Center. Uh, we're just on opposite sides of 6th Street. Uh, so it's the 6th Street rivalry, as we call it. And uh, we, are, we are bitter rivals between uh, the Stags and Athenas and the Sage Hens across the street. So it, it's definitely interesting. Uh, the two mascots throw me off a little bit sometimes because <laughs> um, we do have a primary logo that they face each other. Um, but when we, they don't like to use that logo because the Athenas don't want to have the stag in the picture and the stags don't want to have the Athenas in the picture because they're not who they actually are. So uh, we generally steer clear of that uh, mascot-only combined logo uh, and use the stag head or the Athena head in lots of our, uh, our marketing. Um, so it, it has its challenges. Um, and having three different marketing departments to report to or three different communications offices to wow. disseminate information um, it's definitely unique. Uh, not, I don't think very many other places, if any, across the country that are quite like us. Um, so what was it like jumping into D3 from a smaller office to a much larger office like that for you? Well, it had struggles at times, but, uh, you know, it was much more what I was used to when I was at Messiah. So similar size school to Messiah. Um, so I had seen it as a grad assistant, but now I got to be in the big chair and uh, kind of make decisions on my own. Um, my, we had a part-time assistant or more, more or less full-time assistant, uh, that left me in the first week of October. Um, so from October till February, I was by myself out here, um, which was hard at times. Um, you know, knowing that November is a crazy time of year and our volleyball team was off winning a national championship and I was with them in Michigan, but swim was hosting events and basketball was hosting events and water polo and everything in between. So there's more than just one or two sports going on. So figuring out how to manage that was a, a big thing for me. Um, you know, I, I think being at Messiah helped me a ton to recognize what's important, what's actually happening, and you know, knowing that we were hosting a lot uh, NCAA tournament-wise when I was uh, at Messiah helped me a lot here to think about what were some of the things that are going on and what goes into some of these events and, and some of those bigger tournaments. Um, it definitely helped, but that was the biggest change for me uh, that I noticed was that we just host everything. So spring break is not all the teams go down to Florida. Uh, oh, that's all go. the teams come out here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's six Saturdays in a row for spring break where we've got women's water polo going on. We've got baseball and softball both playing. Lacrosse is playing. Both tennises have two matches each um, on like a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's like great, I can't wait to do this again tomorrow, and then the next day, and the next day, and the next day. So those, those I, I'm sure that not every place in the country, well, I know not every place in the country has every sport, but those things like water polo and sports like that, how did you kind of have to acclimate to the demands of that from what you're usually used to? Maybe to, How did you have to learn a sport? Yeah, I mean, I think our coaches were great about it. They were, they were really understanding, and I, I want to be really transparent with our coaches too, where – you know, I'd cover swim and dive before, but not exclusively, uh, and maybe not at the level that our programs out here were at. Uh, I'd never seen water polo, except for maybe the Olympics a couple times here and there. And, you know, I definitely, when I got the job, I watched a few YouTube videos on uh, some yeah. of the rules of water polo and watching a couple of matches just to get a flavor of what it actually looks like. And uh, I went to our coaches and just said, you know, hey, I, actually, I sat all of our coaches down and I met with each one of them individually when I first got here and said, hey, I want to know, you know what you guys are expecting from me. Um, I can't say I'll deliver all of it, but uh, I'd like to get a flavor and a feel of the way you want to be reported, the way you want to be covered. And, 
you know, for the water polo and talking to Coach Lonzo, I said, Greg, you know, what does this look like? What do you need from me? <laughs> what How is can this? I help you guys? <laughs> and uh, I, I was real honest with him, and, and he appreciated that. We had some good conversation, and I'd say over the course of the year, I've definitely learned a lot, and I love watching water polo. Uh, fast-paced game, lots of goals, uh, lots of strategy involved, which I really enjoy. Um, but early on, there was definitely there are a few questions that need to be had, and some some things I needed to to work out with the coaches. But you know, I appreciate all the coaches out here for for giving me a lot of leeway and a lot of leash to uh, explore and experiment with a few different things. So you're kind of a big content guy too. I know that I, I've seen some of the things you did at Karen, and then um, I kind of I've kind of glanced at the CMS stuff. So, but you kind of have a video series that you worked that video with Messiah and everything like that. So you came up with the after the whistle series. I believe that's what it's called. So what was the idea behind that? And what are you trying, what was kind of like the whole evolution process from maybe a little thought to actually a physical media product? Yeah. Uh, it's not actually a video series. This is a, oh, okay. it's a ri- written series. All right. Um, Even I, different. Yeah. I want to say, yeah. So a little different. Um, but it's all, it's written by our student athletes, uh, and our coaches. So it's all first person. Um, I contact kids and I ask if they're interested in putting something together and give them maybe a list of different topics that they can write on and kind of tell their story. Um, I have to say I took it a lot from the Players Tribune. So uh, a big shout out to Derek Jeter and the Players Tribune for what they do over there. Um, cause I thought it's a, it's an ingenious idea of, Really, I wanted a way that I could put something out on a regular basis uh, and not have to put a ton of work on my shoulders um, and a way to tell the stories of our student-athletes. And so in thinking about that, I was talking to one of our guys in our communications office over here, and I said, well, what about the Players' Tribune? I love reading the stories. They're usually a little more raw. They're a little more – they're just real uh, compared to what we normally put out in a press release of this is what happened in the game – Here's what it is, blah, 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 fine, but not really getting into the heart of what makes us special, what makes us different uh, as an institution, as a team, as our student-athletes. Um, and so thinking about that, I said, what's a way that we could share that uh, with our you know, greater constituents here? Um, and I, I came up with the idea of you know doing an after-the-whistle thing, which is much like the Players' Tribune. And uh, I didn't really know a lot of our students' stories when I asked them to write, uh, which is the coolest thing. So... There were a couple I knew. So one of the first stories we had was uh, a member of our women's volleyball team who was a walk-on her junior year uh, and ended up winning a national championship her senior year uh, with the team. So they they won the title this year, and she was a part of it and was a spirit leader on the team and stuff like that. So I I asked Jenny to put together a story, and you read her story, and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome. This is so (laughs) cool. And uh, I reached out to different student athletes and talked to some coaches and said, hey, who would be good people to write? You know, who would be interesting to write, decent writers, um, and reach out to some of them. And, you know, I I knew that one of our women's basketball players had torn an ACL uh, back in high school. And that's all I really knew. She was a good player for us. And I reached out and said, Kayla, would you be interested in writing? And she wrote a, a letter to her younger self. So it was her going into high school at 13 years old, 14 years old, and the story about what was to come in the next four to eight years for her. Um, and it's like, man, it almost brings a tear to your eye of, you know, struggles in the family and her tearing her ACL twice and having D1 offers taken off the table and all these things. And you're like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And, and I had no idea and nobody had any idea. Um, 
And so having an outlet for our student athletes to share what makes them special, what makes our department special, uh, was really the goal. And so far it's been great. And uh, I've loved it. And we get hits on those probably five or six times what we do in a normal article. So it, it's definitely working out and people have loved reading them. So it's, it's a little, I like to say, a peek behind the curtain of what makes our department special. That's really interesting. It's something we've never really talked about before. And I kind of, I, I kind of want to know a little bit more about this. So someone that wants to do this, I mean, what, what were some conversations that you had with your higher ups to kind of convince them, maybe some, some concerns that they had? I mean, what, yeah, you're smiling. So, uh, what were, what, what were some of the things that you kind of had to go through in order to get that through? Uh, none wasn't the short answer. Oh, okay. Uh, I just did it. Um, I, it was, a. You know, I kind of thought of it as this is just what we do. You know, my, my job is to create content and create um, a story and a narrative of what makes our department special. And I thought the best way for me to do that was to you know, reach out to our student athletes. Um, now, I, I vet all the articles, so I'm, I'm our managing editor, as I like to call it. Okay. Um, and so those go through me, and, you know, I, I have a list of students somewhere in my, in my office here, but I've got, you know, a list of, you know, 20, 30 students that I've reached out to, and most of them have been super responsive and say, oh, my gosh, this sounds great. Um, and then they send me something and I say, great, I'm going to put it, you know, kind of in the hopper and put it on hold for a little bit because I want to space them out a little bit. Um, but keep an eye out for your story. We're, we're going to have your, your article out there and maybe two, three weeks. It might be a month. Um, but I kind of have a little bit of a schedule. You know, I kind of say I never want to go more than two weeks without an article going up um, because it's something different. Uh, I don't want to put them out every single day because mm-hmm. then it gets a little watered down of like, oh, okay, another article's up. Um, but we have, you know, I created a little microsite on our website, uh, that you can go on there. It has a very different feel from everything else on our site. Um, I have to thank Presto a lot for helping me out with that. Uh, but it's got the scrolling feature and everything. So they kind of feed into each other. Um, and so it's, it's something really different, but our, uh, our higher ups, everybody's been super, super supportive, uh, and loving what we're doing. So I, I appreciate that. And, you know, while I didn't probably ask for too much permission, I, uh, I kind of figured that the website's my thing and, you know, they get, they gave me, you know, outside of after the whistle, they gave me a lot of runway to, to do some different things, uh, which has been a lot of fun. So, you know, this was part of that of, Hey, you get to change some things around and have some fun and make it yours. And, uh, this is a way that I kind of put my own spin on, on what we're doing out here. Awesome. So yeah, you kind of mentioned that, um, you get a real high return rate on that, which is which is really really cool. And that's something that I know we've been looking for here. Um, we've been looking for more of those personal things. We we noticed that. Well, I'll just say this: in the middle of the eighth inning, our baseball team. There's a guy. Um, we always play one song, and then he'll go out outside the dugout. He'll just dance, and he hates being recorded. You know what I mean? He, he's one of stuff. Yeah. If if he like if he sees you with the camera, he just stops. So. Uh, we secretly taped him secretly yeah. and then we put it out on social media and everything and it got such a high return rate and we were so impressed at that not even like the post game story where we won like 34 to 9 i mean that got the more hits on it so it's those personal things that that everybody's kind of looking for the kind of high return rate and everything so also we'll kind of want you to brag here a little bit all right what is top d3 insta oh so it's a uh... I love, as we talked about earlier, I love looking at what everybody else is doing. Um, so last year, when I had a little more free time, I uh, was following all of the Instagram accounts across the country. 
And uh, I'm like, wow, this is cluttering on my personal feed, even though I do want to you know, take a look at them. Uh, so I just created a, a separate Instagram account um, called Top D3 Insta uh, just to you know, take a look at what else is, is out there, what, uh, what are other people doing that's, that's really cool and unique and innovative. And uh, in that, I just started reposting stuff. Um, so it doesn't have a huge following just yet. Uh, I will say that it's kind of been put on the back burner a little bit this year, uh, just cause the demands of the job have been a, a little more than, uh, having free time to post to Instagram all the time. But, uh, it's, I love it. I scroll through it every once in a while and just see what other people are doing, um, and see what all of the division threes are doing. Um, you know, I, I love looking at all divisions and what other folks are doing for sure. Um, but you know, division three is, is where I'm at and I, I'm interested in, in what else is going on around the country. So, uh, it gives me a little window into what other people are doing and what their operations are capable of. Um, occasionally I try to give shout outs to people and be like, Hey, love what you guys are doing. Um, just because I love seeing what other people are doing. And I mean, I won't lie. If you look at our Instagram account and follow other people, I'm sure you say, oh, I steal some stuff, but, uh, <laughs> I don't like to say stealing. I like to say, uh, repurposing. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity is just an unrecognized form of plagiarism. Exactly. That's, that's what exactly. I, I saw that quote somewhere. So what is it? Do you pick like pictures? Do you pick graphics? What what kind of do you select out of it? Uh, mostly graphics. I'm a graphic guy um, a lot. You know, self-talk graphic guy. So not everything is perfectly up to speed. But uh, I love making graphics and doing post-game stuff and and stuff like that. So that's that's mostly what it is. Um, if you scroll through it, there's probably you know a smattering of other things in there. Uh, or just really cool pictures that people have taken and stuff like that. But um, I'd say by and large, just interesting graphics or, or different things of, of that nature. Real quick before we, we move on to some other questions here. Um, yeah. You mentioned in the very beginning when we first started talking, you kind of wanted to stay in D3, and which, which mm-hmm. you are. Um, so why D3? I know I'm kind of stealing the slogan, but why D3 for you? Yeah, I love Division Three for you know a wide variety of reasons. You know, I, I think... Part of it is probably it's all I've ever known. Um, you know, I, I don't know what Division One, Division Two, NAI, any of that stuff looks like, uh, just because I've never been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Division Three, you know, for a lot of reasons. One is that no two days are exactly the same for me. Um, you know, I'm in charge of 22 sports here, and those sports take me in a wide variety of different directions uh, every single day. So. You know, I get to do different things like doing play-by-play on games all the time, or maybe I'm statting a game or taking pictures or doing video content and tweeting, um, and it's for a different sport every single day. So I love that interaction. Um, I really love getting to know our student-athletes, too. Uh, I'm sure it's like that at other levels. Uh, I can't say from experience, uh, but I know the offices that I've worked in, uh, I've gotten to build really good relationships with our student-athletes. Uh, from them walking into my office and like just sitting down on the couch uh, as they would do at Karen all the time. So I'll give a shout out to all the, all the Highlanders that would roll through my office. Um, but they're just, they're really good kids. And, you know, in my mind, I love the fact that it's, you know, academics and athletics. Um, and that's the order it is. And, you know, for me, I played Division Three athletics and I wasn't recruited. I was the last guy on the bench, but I loved my experience. Uh, and I just got to play because I loved the game and I loved being around it. Um, and so for me, that's the kind of balance that I like to see and that I, I love to see in our student athletes, um, particularly when they're kids who are, you know, interning at Google or Microsoft or going up to Adidas as some of our student athletes are around here. Um, it's like, oh, it's really cool. And they're tremendous on the court and on the fields too. So that's, it's a really neat balance to me. And I'm sure you get it other places. 
Um, but I've been around it at D3, and, and I love Division Three. Awesome. Cool. So this is a part of the interview where I like to transition to some fun questions. So okay. number one, Matt, favorite yeah. memory of your professional tenure? Oof. I mean, winning national championships are fun. No yeah. doubt about it. So <laughs> our, our women's tennis team just won a, a national championship uh, on their home court, uh, which is the first time in Division Three history that's ever happened in women's tennis. Wow. Um, so we were hosting, and we got a chance to win on our home court, which was just really special. Um, I'd say beyond that, um, maybe off the field stuff in my professional tenure, I would say uh, hosting award shows. Um, oh. So I've, uh, I'm now a two-time host of the uh, end-of-year award show, the HESPYs at Karen and the CMSBs uh, here at CMS. So uh, doing that stuff is super fun for me, uh, mainly because I love having a mic in my hand and being up in front of groups and making videos and doing all sorts of stuff for, uh, uh, for those end-of-year award shows. But those are uh, a couple of the highlights for me. So I know this is kind of a loaded question here, but... What, what do you kind of like organize? I mean, how is, how is one of those shows made, put together? Uh, it's made with um, a lot of love and care and uh, a lot of hours in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, beyond that, you know, I, when I was at, uh, at Karen, it was really where I started doing this for the first time. We had done, uh, before I had gotten there, they'd done an award show that was coaches got up and spoke and you know talked about their teams and brought team members up and stuff like that and uh, everyone said it was a really long evening and there was there another way to celebrate our student athletes and so we got around as a, a department and said all right what are some of the fun ways that we could do this and um, you know we came up with what if we just did this like the Grammys or the Oscars or the SBs or my favorite the Dundies and <laughs> said what are ways that we can celebrate our student athletes have a really fun night uh, and have them walk away and be like, you know what, I'm really proud to be a Highlander. I'm really proud that I'm a part of this department. Um, and so I took on you know, part of that, uh, that load and said, okay, what are ways that we could change this? So we did it. In my mind, I thought the best that we could have done it. So we, we had videos for every one of the categories. Um, so we had, you know, I think it was 14 awards. And every one of the awards had like its own video. So we had presenters come up. There were different coaches, staff. Uh, they would queue up the video of, you know, here's our, we're doing newcomer of the year, so many newcomers, blah, blah, blah. You need freshmen to do all these different things. Here are the nominees. And we turn to the projector and a voiceover of myself going through all the pictures of our nominees. So it'd say the nominees for freshman of the year and go through all of those. Um, so it was special to be nominated and then special to win as well. Um, but we got to do some of that stuff. I ended up emceeing. Uh, so we had like an opening video of me running on stage, you know, going through the memories of the year, stuff like that. Um, fun stuff for sure. So mm -hmm. something a little different than, uh, the normal, the normal grind, I guess, of, uh, talking about the year, but celebrating the year in different ways. Yeah. So, so I mean, we just kind of talked a little bit about your favorite things that you like to do, maybe some favorite memories you have. So what about on the flip mm -hmm. side, what about your biggest horror story? Mm, biggest horror story is the stream going out during matches or during games. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly when you're in charge of taking pictures or doing stats um, and the computer's overheating or the computer stops working or something like that, um, I'd say it's the biggest horror story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would one piece of advice you give to a student going in this profession? Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I'd say soak it up. You know, know that you probably won't get paid for everything you do. 
Um, know that if this is what you want to do, be really passionate about it. Be enthusiastic. Don't don't wait for things to come to you. Um, go out and grab them. So go, you know, don't be annoying, but go talk to other people around the department and say, how can I help you? Is there something that I can do that's maybe off the side of your desk? So it's not the primary focus as a grad assistant or, you know, an assistant SID or something like that. But, you know, say, is there anything that I can do that'd be fun, that'd be different, um, that would maybe enhance what we're trying to do here? Um, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes either. So I, I'd say there's obviously tons of pieces of advice, but, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes uh, as long as it's something that you can mis- make mistakes in, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. So know, know, when, uh, know when to risk something versus when to say, oh, maybe this isn't the time to uh, try something new. Yeah. Um, so what would one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Mm. There's a lot of things. I would say I, I don't know anything about After Effects, and I desperately want to learn it. Um, but that requires a lot of time is my sense. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. So at some point I will maybe try after effects, but not just yet. Um, I think, you know, I, someday I'd be very interested in working in, um, athletic administration. Um, so I think learning a lot about, you know, I've had lots of opportunities here, particularly, um, to grow and, and lead in different ways. Um, but I think that's an area where I really want to expand myself. Um, and learn more about the operations of the department, around the operations of athletics, how we interact with the rest of campus, um, and how we do things. You know, I think athletic communications and sports information has a really distinct opportunity um, to tell the story of an institution. You know, we get to tell it every single day with fresh content all the time, uh, and that's really interesting to me of how can we do that in a way that enhances everybody here, um, that enhances, enhances the whole operation of our institutions, in my case, an uh, institution in other cases, um, but do that in an effective way. Um, and so I think growing, for me, yes, I want to get better at all everything I do in, in sports info and ethicom, um, but there's more, there's a big picture concept too uh, of how do we grow um athletic communications that it's well-respected across uh, everywhere on campus. And we're part of the conversation too um, because we are turning things out at a pace that I don't think anybody else on any campus is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In your mind, what makes a good SID? Now, I know it's kind of a tough question, but uh, what do you think? Uh, I'd say enthusiasm, passion, and creativity. I don't think, yeah, I'm probably more from the, the new school thought of a a sports information director um, where I I think like, yes, I want to do stats really well uh, and I want to write really well and I'll I'll take care of those things and then we'll get to everything else that is this profession. Um, And I think having some creativity in those aspects, um, whether that be from graphic design, whether that be in in the way that you approach the job, whether it be creating new series, creating new video content, um, there are ways to expand uh, what we're doing here just from the here are the stats files here's the packed file and I'm going to go write an, an article that gives a description of this game um, I think there there's a lot of ways and you know we're all in charge of it every single day of live streaming um, I, I wasn't in the industry five to ten years ago but five to ten years ago it was not really a thing right uh, and now we streamed 400 something events this year like 
something outrageous. I don't even know the number off the top of my head because I really don't want to know the number. Uh, but it's what we we're in charge of every single day. Um, so being creative in some of those ways and, and being really passionate about what you do. I always say that this is a lifestyle more than just a job. Um, you know, if you're going to put 60 to 80 hours a week into something for 10 months out of the year, like you better be passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're not, you'll see it in the work immediately. Um, and I can say that I'm like, I'm only a couple years in, so five, 10 years from now, I don't know how I'll be doing, but, uh, right now I'm like, I love what I do and I'm really passionate about it and, and try to be really enthusiastic all the time. So I, I hope that those are things that make a good SID because I think those are some of the things I try to put <laughs> on the table. Uh, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Oh, I work. <laughs> I was about to no, say, I, 400 I, events, you, you might not have them watch Wiggle Room. Uh, you know, I love playing golf. Um, I'm a, a golfer and a baseball guy, so you know, I, when I have free time, I'm usually watching sports or playing sports. Um, just not much sports that I normally cover. But, uh, you know, I, I love you know, spending time with friends and family, um, for sure, or way up there on the list. I'm, uh, I'm trying to get to all 30 of the Major League Baseball stadiums. Um, so me and a bunch of my high school buddies, we go on little, uh, little road trips. So they were just out here in California last week. Yeah, for, how many uh, you got? Uh, I have got 21 so far. Wow. So, so uh, they were out here to pick up all five of the uh, California ones, so. We, uh, we did those in a week, and I've done road trips to the northeast and road trips through the uh, the central part of the country. So doing stuff like that is uh, is fun for me. So Awesome. Um, well, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you, I mean, what would be the best way to do it? Um, I mean, email probably for sure. Um, Twitter, absolutely. I'm, I'm always floating around on Twitter. Uh, the, the handle, which I'm sure you're going to ask next, is uh, MJFent, so M-J-F-E-N-T. And, uh, yeah, those are probably, probably the best uh, avenues to, uh, to track me down. But uh, my personal Instagram is terrible. <laughs> I'll follow the, uh, the schools on that because those are much more interesting. <laughs> um, real quick before we let you go here, Matt, I know yeah. this is kind of I, I, I hemmed and hawed about asking you this, but I know Southern California is a big place. Restaurant or bar recommendation? Mm. I, uh, oh. I don't know. I haven't really gotten out that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could pick. How, how about this? Um, okay, from okay. Claremont to Cairn yep. to yep. Messiah area. Yep. How about yep. how about that? Okay, uh, I'll say the the Irish Rover right down the street from Cairn. Uh, that's that's my spot uh, back home. And then uh, for wings in Harrisburg, if you're in the Harrisburg area, uh, wings at Ted's, right on Second Street. One of my favorite places. Yeah. Keep that in mind. No, I will keep that in mind. Get, I'm a big, get the PA barbecue rub. It's a dry rub. It's absolutely delightful. I'm not a big dry rub guy. You, it, will, you will love it. it. It like leaves an aftertaste in my mouth for days. I, I no. had like a I had like a dry rub rib one time, and it didn't it didn't go well for me. But you're, uh, you're gonna love it. It's the dry rub from the barbecue chips. Okay, that see that's a little better. Good it's stuff. not just like a true dry rub, but well, Matt, I, I'm very very happy that you came on. Um, you're one of the first people to ever kind of listen to the show. Um, I really do wish you well in your next job. Can't say it just yet, but uh, again, thank you very, very much for coming on. Thank you so much. No, it's been uh, been a pleasure. I've loved the show, obviously, for uh, for a couple of years. Well, I guess a year and a half plus now. Yeah, but, about uh, a year and a half, yeah. yeah. So. A year and a half plus, but uh, I'll be at Cosida too. I know you'll talk about Cosida, but 
search me down at Casada, everybody. I, I want to meet everybody. So awesome. Stop me if you see me. Cool. Sounds good. Well, again, Matt, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you. Well, guys, there you have it. I know I kind of did a little bit of a long intro, so I'll keep this one pretty brief and short. Rating or reviewing, very important. Go ahead and go do that. It takes just a split second to do one of those. Leave it five, a four, three, two, one, and then leaving just a sentence goes a very long way um, as far as iTunes and the algorithms are concerned. You can also email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. I know I haven't replied to everybody that has uh, emailed me so far saying how much they enjoyed the show. I'm going to do that here in the next couple minutes. If I haven't gotten to you yet, um, shoot me another message. I love to connect with you and then uh and you can do that over on our twitter or facebook page uh, at sports Simplecast on both of those follow me on my personal twitter at david gibson underscore xc so uh next week like i mentioned we have Lori bullig of cosina previewing all things convention her background a little bit she's actually from evansville a little and she's a west sider which is where i live so we'll talk chat a little bit about evansville and stuff as far as that's concerned uh we will be off that very next week we will be in dc for convention the week after we'll release kind of the video content that we've recorded as well as the uh, recap episode and then we will uh, be on our regular normal schedule after that and we'll talk a little bit about what's coming in the future for sid cast uh, i got some goals i want to i want to kind of share with everybody uh, what i want to take this thing in the next year so uh, anyway guys i want to thank you all for listening and to catch you all in the next episode